0: Welcome to Estate Matters, the podcast brought to you by Core Communications, the country's leading public relations consultancy specialising in landed estates and rural businesses. We work with clients across the UK to raise awareness and nurture support and advocacy for their work. This podcast is all about discussing the challenges they face and how effective communications can help. I'm your host, Anna Biles, a broadcaster of nearly 20 years and a Rural Affairs Specialist at Core Communications. episode of Estate Matters we're joined by Anna Jones. Anna is a freelance journalist and set up the organisation Just Farmers in 2018 to give media training to farmers. Welcome to Estate Matters Anna. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm also joined by farmer Ollie White who has undergone training with Anna and the Just Farmers team. Ollie is a tenant farmer in Devon where he direct sells 100% pasture-fed meat and poultry. Hi Ollie.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So in this episode, we're going to discuss why it is that some farmers aren't always willing to share their stories and the benefits it can bring when they do. But Anna, just first, I wanted to get to know you a bit better, your background and how and why you set up Just Farmers.
2: Well, I'm from a farming background, grew up on a small family beef and sheep farm on the Welsh Shropshire border, farming dominated life completely 100% and then when I was 18 like a lot of rural kids I wanted to go to university and that's often where that disconnection from farming kind of happens as you go off to the city or a big town to university and then never come back. And certainly my life was on that trajectory because I studied journalism. I always knew I wanted to be a journalist and then went to work on newspapers and then went to work for the BBC in Birmingham and then Manchester and later Bristol. And that seemed to be the way life was going, was city life. But in 2016... I was awarded a Nuffield Farming Scholarship to look at the relationship between farmers and the media because I'd been noticing from both sides of the fence, both as a farmer's daughter and a journalist, that that relationship was getting a bit tricky and could be quite thorny and difficult with a lack of trust in the media on the side of farmers and a lack of contacts and knowledge of how to reach farmers on the media side, bearing in mind the media is predominantly an urban institution where mainly urban people work. So it's sort of set off a train of thought of, well... What can I do to help, bearing in mind I sort of come at this from both sides. So that was what my Nuffield was all about, and it revealed quite a few problems in that relationship. And that's why I set up Just Farmers, was to offer something in a way of a solution to try and help in a positive way of building better relationships between my profession as a journalist and my family background as a farmer's daughter. And uh, it's been quite a big journey since then. After doing a Nuffield, it changes you. You find it very difficult to go back to life as it was before you did a Nuffield. And so then I quit my staff job and went freelance to set up Just Farmers. And I've since left Bristol and I've moved back to my native Shropshire as well. So I never thought I would come full circle, but I kind of have. And you've just been at
0: the Nuffield Farming Conference. What were the sort of key themes that came out this, this year?
2: Oh, there's always so many themes at a Nuffield conference. Anyone that's been to one will know that it is a two-day onslaught of information and you walk away and your brain feels twice as heavy with stuff you've learned for me i really enjoyed the sessions on net zero and carbon offsetting i find carbon and whether you can sell carbon or not or whether you should or not i find that a very complicated space to understand so that was really interesting and there was also a lot of sessions on people so and communications was coming out as well as as a theme which was kendra hall's um presentation looked at building trust and transparency in livestock systems and it was really great to see a new scholar in 2023 updating a lot of the things I was looking at in 2016 because it is an ever-evolving relationship and the The policy context is different. The political context is different. You know, the climate change conversation has moved on a lot since I did my Nuffield scholarship. So it's always great to see new scholars choosing to look at communication. So, yeah, I was very thankful for that. Oh, and I have to... And Helen Wyman on mentoring. That presentation brought tears to my eyes. It was a very... An offering of a very positive solution to the mental health crisis in farming, of encouraging farmers who are very busy... Running their businesses to take the time to seek out a mentor who can be that person to support, be a sounding board, and how we should really start to accept mentoring as something we do in our industry. so yeah, some really strong scholars this year
0: and Ollie you 've done enough of a farming scholarship as well. Just tell us a little bit about your your scholarship. What, what was it in and why did you choose that subject
1: I'd, I'd literally just been offered a county council farm in Somerset, so it was the first year of my tenancy. And my grandfather actually did a Nuffield Farming Scholarship, I think it was in 1946, one of the first, one of the first scholarships to have been offered. So I brought up having known all about Nuffield Farming and certainly for my granddad, it was uh, a particularly inspirational period of his life and helped inform his business going forward. And I needed that injection of knowledge, I think, to help form, form and consolidate my ideas around my, my new farm and tenancy and so for me I was really interested in what the market opportunity was for retailing, producing and retailing 100% grass-fed red meats and dairy. I uh, wanted to see what the market potential might be over here uh, looking at other countries such as American Australia where they were, where they were branding these products and, uh, and retailing them in their supermarkets and it was something as a farmer I was really interested in doing. It made complete sense to me to be raising Uh, raising ruminants particularly off of you know pasture only diet and there's various health benefits to meat that's raised this way and I suppose yeah just wanted to better understand the legs to that idea of of developing that marketplace over here and trying to I suppose anticipate whether that market was going to follow through to the UK was you know whether that was going to happen naturally and whether I could get get in there early on and and start to place myself ready for the the market to follow. And it was, yeah, it was a seminal time in my life. It, it gave me the confidence to follow through on a number of the ideas I had and gave me new ideas. And yeah, really gave me, yeah, I suppose the, the foundations to push forward and, and make that those ideas I had a reality. And i say it was, it was about giving me the confidence more than anything else to actually follow through with it. and answer, answer many questions that I had that I wasn't really sure how to navigate in reality and and so it was like a rocket really pushed me forward and set me off um, and that was 9 years ago now eight yeah 8 9 years ago and built built my whole business based on really what I learned in that in that period of time in my life
0: so just to explain the noise we are standing in a field of uh, your turkeys which is what we can hear in the background but how important is that in in farming in particular, to find that time and resource to, to learn?
1: I, I think it, it, it is really important. It's important to get out of your farm environment and to look at how other people are doing things. And Nuffield very much wants you to go abroad, to, to really look beyond your horizons at what other people are doing. But Nuffield isn't just giving you access or the space to go out and and find this new information it actually as you go through the scholarship they they really challenge you individually personally to to develop as a person as much as broaden your knowledge and certainly for me uh, I grew a lot in confidence having gone through that process like a, a big barrier to me even undertaking an Uffield was the prospect at the end of it I was going to have to stand up in, four, in front of 400 people and give a presentation and so that in itself was a huge growing experience and yeah and it, I think it gives you self-belief you kind of you know you start off little old me not you know just on a journey not not knowing where it's going to take me and, and out off the back of it you you come back feeling powered by the knowledge that, that you've learned and the experience that you've had and how you've grown as a person through that and the connections also that you make along the way it's it's a fantastic program for so many reasons and and it doesn't end you know you having given your presentation a year or so later after being offered the award that's just the beginning in in many respects because you're you're then part of a network of scholars and a constant journey of kind of gaining knowledge and sharing information
0: and Anna, for you coming out of your Nuffield scholarship and, and deciding that you were going to set up Just Farmers, you talked a bit about trust and the issues with the relationship between farmers and the media. How do you at Just Farmers go about trying to help that relationship improve and give farmers that confidence to to talk to the media?
2: Just Farmers is completely free for the farmers that decide to apply and come along to our workshops. And um, we have 12 farmers in each group who represent a full variety of different sectors and systems from around British agriculture across the country. And uh, sorry, they're a wee bit distracting these lovely birds. I can't take my eyes off them. And the louder we are, the louder they are. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, I'm trying to keep my voice down. But honestly, they're wonderful to watch. Um, and when we run these workshops, um, the farmers come together and they often do come with a little bit of preconception, some worry, some fear, a bit of baggage about what they think the media is is doing and that the media's out to get them and that there's a bit of an anti-farming agenda out there so before we do any of the inverted commas media training which I don't like calling it media training I call it media education because we don't tell farmers what to say we don't give them any messages we, we just help them find their own voice and their own story But before we start doing any of that stuff, it's about breaking down those mental barriers that exist, understanding why they're there in the first place. So we do a lot of work with the farmers, really digging into where their ideas about the media come from, um, what their negative perceptions are based on and what's driving that suspicion and lack of confidence that's such an interesting part So we, we do a lot of work on that then we bring guest journalists in and start doing practice interviews um but it's it's a bit broader than just a media focus the first workshop is in the middle of bristol in eastern where i lived for years and um it's a inner city area fairly low income area uh, very multicultural and I think it's super important to get rural people out of the rural bubble and into the heart of the city and talking to people meeting people they wouldn't normally meet on the farm or in the livestock market or in the local village or whatever so that's really important and then in the evening we go to a vegan restaurant
0: right
2: and they meet Vegan chefs and talk about vegan food culture, urban food culture. They eat a vegan meal and realize it's not going to kill them. and realise that vegans aren't monsters who are out to get them at every turn. And uh, and then we go to a city farm and we explore what urban growing is like and what connections to food and growing are like in a city context. So that's workshop one. And then workshop two happens on a farm in Staffordshire. And that's much more practical. We get the microphones out, we get the cameras out. Um, the farmers always say that I turn into nasty Anna then. I don't know what you think, I'll, Ollie. I'll ask Ollie that in a minute. Yeah, because still there's this perception that they're going to get grilled in a Jeremy Paxman-type way, which doesn't really happen unless you're a politician. But to show them that if that did happen, you would still be all right. You're, you're not, you're not going to... The worst isn't going to happen. So to sort of overcome that fear of being asked stinky questions, I do turn into a bit of a hammed-up journalists just to give them that experience which I really don't like doing because that's not my style of questioning anyone that knows my work will know I'm not that kind of confrontational journalist but I do a bit of that which is more acting more than anything and um <laughs> Ollie's laughing and uh, yeah so that's that's the practical experience for the farmers and I love uh, do you know what I'm really delighted and proud to say that what can be a room full of nervous, bit suspicious, arms folded, fairly defensive people at the beginning. By the end of it, they're a really close group of people who have built a bond, a bit similar to that Nuffield bond, actually, and um, are much more open-minded and up for it and raring to go and can't wait to go and set up a Instagram or a newsletter or get the media onto the farm. And some of them have absolutely gone on to become very familiar faces you know columnists in the farmers weekly farmers guardian um here there and everywhere doing all sorts of stuff some of them don't do so much stuff but that's equally valuable because we're not just about getting our farmers all over the telly and making them famous what can be equally valuable is building a relationship with a local journalist or somebody that can ring them and say oh i've got to do a story about bovine tb and i don't massively understand it would you mind just spending a bit of time with me on the phone just explaining to me how this issue affects you on your farm and it might not even lead to an interview but that farmer has helped that journalist understand something very complicated from a farmer's perspective and and then that's the other side of what we do we help the media find case studies so uh, we are trying to broker that relationship and help them find each other and Ollie, when you applied to do the Just
0: Farmers training, what, what was it? What made you think, that's something I'm going to do?
1: <laughs> really, because I had a public profile and a website, we would often find ourselves getting inquiries from the media because they'd stumbled across us. And while I was always very comfortable to talk about what we were doing on the farm in terms of, hey, they want to write an article about Farm to Fork and the things that we're doing here, when they started asking me whether I'd be prepared to talk about bovine TV or or some other bigger more divisive issue then I'd kind of run scared and not want to partake because I I, I suppose I I was fearful of potential repercussions or I just didn't want to put myself in that position or I felt that I was an imposter that you know this the subject's way over my head and they should they can go and find a bigger better farmer somewhere else that can tell that story so it was a fear really of of going outside of my comfort zone and talking about um, my farm business that that made me want to have that training. I I would describe myself as an introvert by nature. So these, I don't feel comfortable being in these situations, but because I have a public facing business, I also can't hide from it. So as a person, I need to grow and feel more confident in that space.
0: And because you direct sound, like you said, you've got a website, brilliant newsletter, which I'm subscribed to as well you obviously really see the importance of talking about what you do that's why i've got a website and newsletter you do a lot on social media i've seen these turkeys before many times on instagram and your gorgeous dog so you obviously know how important it is to talk about what you do and how you farm
1: having chosen to direct sell all of our products we need to we need to build up our audience and build up our customer base and and for us in our situation our our real strength of offer is the fact that we are the farmer and we can tell the story and we can really engage the customer with that, with that whole process. And so I see, the, I see the power and importance in conveying all of those messages.
0: And I know that your training that you did with Anna, when you applied for the opportunity on this estate to take on your farm, some of that, those skills that you'd learned helped, didn't they? Because you had to go through a rather unusual um, application process for your tenancy.
1: Yeah, so uh, one of the things they asked us to include with our application was a three-minute video, explaining really, selling selling the vision for what we could bring to the new farm and why the new farm was right for us. And so, yeah, I made made some connections during my training with with Anna and Just Farmers, and was able to draw on those connections to help create a, a video that that hit on all those objectives. And yeah, and the the estate fed back on that and said how. Uh, wonderful they thought, thought our video was and how that really did help get us to the top of the pile when it came to the interview process.
0: And do you think, Ollie, like, I hate to bring age into it, but when we talk about social media particularly and, and often the reluctance of maybe some older farmers, we know the average age of farmers are getting older and older. Do you think you're engaged with communication on that level, whether it's social media or newsletters, because you are a younger farmer?
1: Maybe. I think certainly the, the, media of commu- the, the medium of communication has changed so you know in the past it was flyers and handwritten newsletters you know it, communication didn't start in my generation it's just the the platforms have changed.
0: So Ollie off the back of your Just Farmers training what have you sort of done differently or what opportunities have you taken that you may not have done before doing that training?
1: I tr- I try to say yes to when when I get those media inquiries rather than just immediately thinking no it's not for me it's for someone else I try and and say yes good example of that was last year being interviewed for a guardian article talking about avian influenza which i would never have done but uh, the other thing which is uh, challenging is that often media inquiries come with a wish to do something at very short notice and that's not always easy to accommodate you know they might phone you up in the morning and say can we come and film you in the afternoon when you know you've got a full day of work ahead of you so there's there's a lot of failed opportunities but i think the important thing for me is that change in mindset that actually no i am i am going to put myself forward for these things and i'm going to have the confidence to to go through with it nearly always when i get these inquiries now they are driven by just farmers i I, I did one last week i had uh, an inquiry from Just Farmers. It was a photographer wanting to do a video shoot for the Oxford Farming Conference, um, but they found my contact details through Just Farmers. So it's reaching lots of different people for, for different reasons, but it's clearly working.
0: How does that make you feel, Anna, when you, when you hear that, that Ollie says, you know, he's now saying yes and reaching all these different audiences.
2: How does that make you feel? Listeners can't see me, but I'm standing here beaming. I feel over the moon and so proud because you never know that it's going to have that. Results you, you can only ever hope that means so much to me because there in that run-up to that workshop there's that always that moment where we think is this actually going to happen because somebody's pulled out because they want to go drilling and then we've had <laughs> to ring them and go you can't just dump us because you want to go drilling you've made a commitment and um you know or something else has gone wrong and you think is this actually going to happen do these farmers actually want this and then you get them there that's the thing it's getting them there and then the magic happens and as long as we can keep creating that magic i think we're on to something
0: what what do you hope in say five ten years time just farmers will be doing
2: we're at a crossroads in our journey at the moment because we're 100% funded by donations and grants and we have a very loyal team of sponsors that have been there from the beginning but we're getting to the point now where we cannot keep relying on the same sponsors to keep putting money into our project we need the backing of agricultural businesses trusts and foundations to put some money in so if anybody listening thinks yeah actually that's worth putting a few bob in to keep that going, then um, email emily at justfarmers.org. And just remember, you know, farmers are squeezed at the moment. Input costs and the uncertainty and all the policy changes. Are they really going to spend money on media education? No, they're not. They need a service that is free to access because it's not going to be high up on their spending agenda
0: and Ollie as someone who's done the training what would you say to other farmers who like you before maybe lack the confidence or are like you naturally an introvert who think maybe I'd quite like to do that maybe I'd quite like to be given that confidence to speak to the media what would you say to those people
1: do it <laughs> what's holding you back like it's, it's a fantastic to have that opportunity to access that training you know I'd been in those situations before where I'm you know talking to camera and um, trying to do radio interviews and Uh, I didn't have any training or understanding of how to do it and it was all a very overwhelming experience and and when you and when you do it and you don't have a good experience it puts you off doing it again and and it's something that i was minded to do anyway like it's something I felt that would be of benefit to me and my business to have to have had that training.
0: Anna Jones from Just Farmers and Ollie White from Farm to Fork thank you for joining us on Estate Matters. If you'd like to find out more about the importance of effective communications in the sector contact us via our website corpr.co.uk.